We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How are we doing today? It's Friday. It's IB Nation Sports Talk's Rapid Fire, along with Vince D'Addario, who's coming to you live from Penn High School. That's right. Stranger. That's right. Got a guy. I'm basically here till like 11 o'clock. So I figure, hey, I can't let the people down. Still got yeah. a show. That's so, right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Our old buddy, Salty Virginia Peanuts, is back and he wasted no time putting me on the clock. We chimed in. A little bit late today. Glad to have you back, Salty. Missed as always. Welcome to everyone else as well. Glad to have you with us. As always, it is Friday, and we, of course, come with... It's not, I guess, breaking news at this point, but we have big right. news today. You know, news that broke earlier today. By the way, don't forget, keep an eye. The shirt is supposed to be unveiled here in a little oh, bit. Oh, that's so right. Got to keep an eye like, on that, don't we? I want to watch Twitter and, and see yeah. what's going on there. Just go ahead and smash that like button right now. Help out Irish Breakdown. Push us up. Push us up on that right. algorithm. You want to just jump right into the main I, topic and not beat around the bush since it's the big I, one? It uh, definitely it's hit me by surprise. Yes, it is. It's a big one. So we might as well jump in. I mean, what the heck? Why not? Fill in the blank. Lorenzo Styles entering the transfer portal is blank. It's disappointing. Like it, it is disappointing for me. I, I am, I was a huge Lorenzo Styles fan. Obviously, when he was a freshman, obviously when you know, I, I along with everybody else was, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if upset is the right word, but like disappointed in his season sophomore year. And then, you know, he starts, I think, hit the ground running in the spring, and then all of a sudden he's moving over to corner. Like I was like, well, he's gonna find his spot. Like I get it that he's. He he is a he's a victim of the depth chart, unfortunately. And I understand where he's coming from, but it's still disappointing to me. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Derek says it is understandable. I guess it is somewhat understandable because starting with the depth chart, I mean, that is essentially what this is all about. This this experiment at cornerback, and that's but that's also what makes it so odd, you know, just like this whole everything that happened this week <laughs> leading up to yeah. the news coming out today that he's entering the portal. I mean, 
They brought him out on Tuesday with the cornerbacks. They didn't have to. He didn't have to. Yeah. I'm sure he I'm sure he basically agreed to it, you know, to come out oh, and sure. speak with the media that day. And he didn't seem like he was upset about the move. He just talked about, you know, wanting to, you know, he's a football player and wanting to play football and he was going to do whatever to help the team. At, at least I guess he said all the right things. But still, Absolutely. that's only been three days ago that that happened. Like that he came out and then, you know, Mike Mickens was talking about him and, you know, we had all the, you know, the, the audio of all this different stuff, but you know, and again, I'm looking at Derek's comment, victim of talent. And you were talking about depth chart and that is essentially what this comes down to because he was the X receiver last year yep. and he was the X receiver with a lot of expectations, especially with the way he ended his freshman season with the massive, Fiesta Bowl, you know, with all he did in the Fiesta Bowl. And so all of a sudden there's all these expectations, but it just never came to fruition. Now, a lot of it on him, you know, concentration sure. errors and dr drops or concentration errors, lack of focus, that kind of stuff. But, you know, Tobias Merriweather passed him up and that's what you've got to look at Absolutely. now. It, you know, it's, it's not just like, you know, everyone wants Tobias Merriweather. Well, Tobias Merriweather has justifiably passed Lorenzo Styles on the yep. depth chart. And we're also more likely, I think, to see Jaden Thomas playing X receiver than we are. We're, we're probably, you know, if had Lorenzo Styles stayed, we were more likely probably to see Jaden Thomas than Lorenzo Styles out there at X as well. And then you've got all these freshmen coming on. You know, you've got, you know, like, like, well, could he play the slot? Well, you've got Chris Tyree moving to the slot. And of course, you still have Jaden Thomas who can play yeah. the slot as well. And then, yeah. And then, you know, like you've got Dion Colsey who's on the ascent and, you know, again, like Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores Jr. Like there's a lot of talent in that room right now, yep. which I wrote about a couple of different times, you know, since, since the receivers came out on Wednesday as well, right. you can find some of that stuff at irishbreakdown.com. If you want to see, you know, kind of where a lot of those people are, I, I think a lot of people know, but then you look at the defensive side of the ball where you've got, of course, Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart, Christian Gray hurt right now, but he's going to be, a factor Jaden Mickey's going to be a factor like where Clarence Lewis is the nickel like where did he fit in you know because as we've talked about he sunk apparently lower on the receiver depth chart we didn't we didn't he, he didn't make a blip at all this spring right. he was out there and we never talked about him you know again we, we were only out there a handful of times but there was never any buzz around Lorenzo Styles, and so yeah. he gives the cornerback thing a shot where is he going to play? So, yeah. and, you know, we were just talking yesterday about, well, if he's going to make this to corner, again, because of the numbers there, does it make sense maybe to think about a red shirt year? All right. Apparently he wants to play right away. That's That's got to be what this is coming down to. He he wants to play now. He doesn't want to think about red shirts, and he maybe doesn't even really want to think about position switches. Unless if he goes to right. Ohio State and his brother's son, he's probably moving – to the defensive side of the ball because that's where they recruited him coming out of high school. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is, and we talked about it on this show, you know, you and I, about he's got more of an opportunity to play if he stays on offense, then if he goes to defense, he he's in my opinion, he's absolutely buried on the defensive side of the ball. Right. At the very best, he'd be in the two deep and then he'd get a, a series here or there. Offensively, he got passed up. You're absolutely right. He got passed up by um, uh, Tobias Merriweather. Tobias Merriweather's starting. He's arguably the best wide receiver they have yeah. on the team. Done. Then at slot, you've got Jaden Thomas, who at the end of last year was arguably the best wide receiver that they had. He's going to start in the slot. And then to the field, that's where you've got Deion Colsey. So your your starters are pretty much set in stone. Then, of course, you've got Chris Tyree, and he was coming on. He's really taking to the position better than I think a lot of people thought that he was going to. And to be honest, from everything that we're hearing, Rico Flores has closed that gap mm-hmm. on Lorenzo Styles pretty quickly so all of those things i mean the snaps were starting to dwindle and i think lorenzo probably saw the writing on the wall and after the scrimmage this past saturday when you know that was kind of going to determine the depth chart going into the summer not the blue gold game by the way that's it's not really what this is but he probably gave it everything that he had and he probably found out that it's not looking great from a depth chart standpoint and then you look at his options okay if you transfer who was it that was showing me love you know during the recruiting process most likely Ohio State on the defensive side of the ball and if that's where he ends up you know I, I don't know and what the I guess it looks like but he, maybe yeah. he has a shot and that's a question is does he really want to play cornerback or was he just doing that here to try to get it you know find a way to get himself Sure. on the field if he wants to be a wide receiver there are probably a lot of places he can go like Shytown oh, says yeah. he could be a star on a mac team i, I think he could he could be a star at boston college sure. you know at it, vanderbilt yeah there's uh, a lot of places there's a lot of lower level you know sure. power five teams where he could go and be a star as well you know whether it's the acc or you know sec right. wherever it happens to be i think there are a lot of places he can go and 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 at the very least, be a productive wide receiver and get more playing time than here. You sure. know, star, I don't know. You know, Mac, yeah, he'd have a chance probably to light it up in the Mac. And Salty makes an excellent point. You know, again, we were talking about everyone wants to see elite recruiting, Salty says. This is bound to happen again 
and again. Sure. And it's it's something that we've talked about on this show that as this talent, more and more high level talent starts to come in, you're going to see some guys transferring. You know, like we've talked about it at the quarterback position. Like you can't keep everybody. Right. And like, and I'm not talking about even right now. I'm talking about in the next couple of years. You got to keep going out and finding the best talent that you can, knowing that not everyone can play. And right. as a result, you're going to see some pretty good talent transfer, you know, at, at different points. I mean, your goal as a coach is to bring in the best talent at every single position every single year. And then once you get them on campus, you let the chips fall where they may. And now that you've got the transfer portal, some of these high level guys, if they're not playing right away, they're going to go. But you understand that, you know that you recruit that way, you know that that's going to be the case. And so you recruit the crap out of everybody so that you still can feel the team when they transfer out. And yeah. there's always going to be opportunities for guys to transfer in as well. As long, you know, as long as they check all the boxes, et cetera, et cetera. Right. right? But you know, that's going to, that's the, that's college football right now. I mean, that's where we're at with everything. And Marcus Freeman's an elite recruiter. He has elite recruiters on his staff. This is going to be, this is going to be the norm. Now, this is not going to be the exception where every once in a while they get a, a high four or five star and they're surrounded by a bunch of three stars. That's not going to be the case that, you know, you're going to have guys battling for spots and they're going to leave if they're not getting the playing time that they want. Yeah, I get it. Troy, it's Troy makes a great point as well. Can he catch the ball at the end of the day? His hands are below average. I mean, that's what he showed last year. That's what he showed and last I don't year. Think, and I don't think that based on what didn't happen in fall camp uh, i don't think that that's any different look you know there's that old joke that wide receivers who can't catch the ball end up playing defense and he does have a defensive background like right like my guy trayvon diggs you know down in dallas he started his career at alabama as a wide receiver just like his brother and they moved him to the defensive side of the ball and he led the nfl in interceptions last season you know it's right. like Right. It happens all the time. And maybe maybe he doesn't really want it right now, but maybe, just maybe, this actually would be best for his career if he if you know, because I do think that he has NFL aspirations. Maybe it would be best for his career if he gave serious consideration just to moving to cornerback. That could be a career path for him, you know, yep. rather than trying to force the issue and stay on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of talent. Um you know, uh, just he has a lot of talent. There's going to be a lot of talent coming in. It's going to be disappointing. You're you're going to lose guys that you were excited about that could have been something. And that's just the way it's going to be, right? I mean, you're going to lose them on both sides of the ball at every position. And it stinks. But at the same time, does it affect Notre Dame in the 23 season? No. I don't think it does. I honestly don't. I honestly don't think so. It, 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 yeah. You know, again – he had the most receptions of any wide receiver for the Irish last year, but it was 30 for 300 and some yards. It's not like he lit the world on fire. Mark, you know, Michael Mayer still led the team in, in you know, receptions and receiving yards. And he was just very inconsistent. So let me ask yeah. you this. How much of this do you put on Dell Alexander, who was the receivers coach at the start of his career? And also, you know, played a part in recruiting him. Sure. I, I don't think he's innocent in the whole thing. I But I also don't want to put it all on him, right? I mean, 
it, it, I mean, it's easy to pile on him at this point. Of course. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. Like, I but don't, those early fundamentals, you know, like you just, you don't know how much that could have played a part. Which honestly is one of the reasons that he's getting not passed up yet, but the gap is closing between some of these, some of these freshmen that are coming in. Right. And, and Tobias Merriweather did not have Dell Alexander as a coach and he, and now he's the best receiver on the team. Right. So, you know, I, I think he deserves some of the blame, some, right. But he's been gone for a year and a bit, so you can't give it all to him, but you can't not, I mean, he doesn't get zero of the blame, right? Because I think it was a very neutral year from a development standpoint, his freshman year. Right. And it just, it was obviously very mental for him last year. I totally agree with that. I liked the confidence level he had this year. I liked the body language. The problem was from just a straight up talent standpoint, he was either getting passed up or he was almost about to get passed up. And that's just, that, that's just is what it is. You know, right. that that's unfortunate, but at the same time, he was a victim of the depth chart. Yeah. And, and not just a victim of, you know, and like to answer the question for me about Dell Alexander, again, it's easy to pile on him. Uh, you sure. know, I think that if at the very least he would have benefited from better fundamentals that, that freshman year, but at the same time, you've got a guy like Dion Colsey now who started to ascend last year under Chancey Stuckey and who finds himself ready to be a, you know, at, at the very least contributing slash potentially starting receiver at the Z position right this year, you know? So again, you know, like he was, he same class as Lorenzo styles and he's ready to go after all the questions that, that came in with him and all the things that were supposed to happen for him. So they all they they all could have benefited from better fundamentals under Dell Alexander, but I I can't put too much of it on him. I right, guess. right. He's been gone long enough that you know, right. A, a transfer decision. What is it? 13, when you get a fresh start, later. fresh start. Yeah, yeah, fresh start, fresh position coach. You're working on fundamentals now. It's just that for whatever reason, it, it doesn't seem like he took to it the way that he right. needed to. Yeah, I agree. And and there's a lot more talent in that room right now than there was a couple of years ago. So on a scale of one to 10, how concerned are you that more transfers could be coming? Because I think that that's what, you know, everyone, I think, or maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people are on pins and needles right now, you know, with with spring winding down and the transfer portal open for about another little bit more than a week. I think nine days it is. I would say, (laughs) do I think transfers are coming? Yes. Am I concerned? No. I put it like a two, a one. Like, I'm not concerned that, you know, a starter or somebody that, that Notre Dame was counting on for the 2023 season, and, and realistically, even the 24 season, I'm not worried about that. Like, I, so my concern level is very low. Do I think more are coming? Absolutely. I mean, Brian, not drop the bomb. That's not the right terminology, but he said it in his show this afternoon. Prince Kali is probably on the way out. We don't know that for sure, but he's been, quote unquote, injured. Most of spring, we've been hearing rumblings for quite a while. He said it. I'm echoing. But, you know, there's going to be more. There, there's going to be more. Lorenzo Styles leaving puts Notre Dame at 85. There's going to be more to come, especially after the spring game. Right. Like, the next week is going to be very interesting when it comes to Transfer Portal because the Transfer Portal is going to close in a week, I believe. 
So they're going to have to, you know, S or get off the pot, as they say. So, yeah. I mean, and like you look at that linebacker position and my, my concern level is very low as well. It's like one, but again, I think guys who we are going to see go out the door are going to be more depth guys than they are. Oh, absolutely. You know, front end guys at the top of the depth chart right now. That's what it's going to come down to for a lot of them. And like, again, if you look at that linebacker position with the talent that they're starting to stockpile there, there's more coming, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, right. it's going to keep, and you know, for, for that matter, the wide receivers, the young Caleb Smith, the freshman Caleb Smith is going to be here right. on campus this summer. So there's another young stud coming in the door there, you know, that the talent is coming and that's part of what causes these little ripples. It would, it would stink like to your point, to lose a, a, a talent like Prince Kali, but he's also going into his junior season. So sure. you have to evaluate, you know, where is he, what progress has he made right now? We don't get to see enough behind the doors right. to know exactly what that looks like on a day-in, day-out basis. You know, I'm not knocking him by any means. But again, you've got Nolan Ziegler, you've got Drake yep. Bowen, you've got all these young guys who are coming in, and they're going to be out there. You know, they're going to be out there. If not this year, they're going to be out there next year and there's going to be more like them coming in the door so i don't think you know they're yeah. again you're going to keep recruiting talent and as you keep recruiting talent there are going to be some guys who are going to leave it happens right at alabama you know it happens at georgia it happens all over the place so you Team, just, you you just know, gotta no, live with it notre dame fans just have to you know if you want to be here in recruiting you've just got to expect it you, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to happen you've got to expect it and so here we are. I mean, this is the the product of good recruiting. Ripple effect for you is yeah, we did our man. blue gold fantasy draft yesterday. I took a chance. And you you picked. I don't blame you. You picked Lorenzo Styles in your fantasy. You know, and that's another part of this whole thing is the, again the timing of this. The day before the blue gold game, we find this out, and like I would have thought that maybe. You stick around and play in the blue gold game. It's going to be on TV, you know, get like more film out, whatever. But that was my initial, that was, no, that was a hundred percent my initial thought actually. And then I listened to Brian's show and he's like, absolutely not. You don't play in the blue gold game because you, you know, it's, it's not even a don't game. Don't risk it's injury. And, okay. You're making yeah. a business decision by transferring. Why put yourself in harm's way? Just like, like a bowl game potentially. Yeah. Right? He's like, your heart's not going to be in it. You already know that you're going to transfer. So why would you participate? So I get it. And he's right. It's the it's a practice. It's a glorified practice. Like there was yeah. more on the line last Saturday in the scrimmage that they had than there is this Saturday. It's just this one happens to be in front of fans and on TV. So uh, personally, I think it sucks. Like I wanted, I wanted to see him out there and see what he could do, you know, running around the field. But from his standpoint, I get it. So you took Styles at corner in our fantasy draft for tomorrow's blue gold game. And if you weren't here with us yesterday, we drafted two teams. Vince and I each took a player at each position. I have Benjamin Morrison at uh, cornerback. Vince took Lorenzo Styles. So my question to our listeners is, should I allow Vince to have a replacement for Styles? Because like, if this was Las Vegas, I think you just lose it, right? Like, you know, you, but if the player doesn't play your money, if the player doesn't play, then you just, it's a no-go. Like, there's a no-bet. So you get your money back, and you just don't win anything. It's like a tie. 
Like a tie right. goes to the runner, you know. Like so two people say that that Vince should be able to have a replacement. Yes. Is there a, is there a transfer portal for fantasy teams? That's a good question. Vince gets Salerno. Derek. He's not a DB though. <laughs> you get one of the Scheidlers. That's who you get. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of them's out too. So right. <laughs> I'll get that one. <laughs> All right. So who are you going with, Vince? What what cornerback? Do you want to take? I'm, I'm going to go with uh, last year's spring practice MVP number lucky number seven, Jaden Mickey. All right, good pick. I like. I was I was looking over it and I was wondering like who you might go with. Got to go that route, right? So, I mean, yeah. I like. I would have taken uh, the gray kid if he was playing. You know, let's let's take a chance on a freshman. You know, that sort of thing. Maybe they're going to try to pick on him, have a chance for a pick. You know, that kind of thing. But you got to go with the tried and the true. And I think uh, I think Jaden Mickey's got a little something to prove, too, which I'm kind yeah. of excited about. Good one. Good one. Last spring's kind of breakout guy uh, versus uh, I've got last season's breakout guy. So I've got Morrison. You've got Mickey. All right. So another question. We talked about this yesterday, and I don't think Tommy was with us live, but he tweeted at us today. <laughs> did you see his tweet today? I did not. I had a very so, good day. But I saw your question. So so we picked offensive linemen as well, and we really didn't know how to evaluate <laughs> offensive linemen in terms of what point values to give them. What he, what Tommy suggested is start with a number value like five and then subtract for sacks allowed and, and work down from there. Can you like, get negative? Like if you allow like six I suppose. Sacks, I mean, I, suppose. I yeah. can't imagine that would be the case. But, I mean, it's definitely possible, right? I mean, I'm cool with that. I, I think it, I think it is in alignment with what we were kind of talking about before. You know what I mean? Like, a sack is a negative number, but at this rate, you get points, and then it gets subtracted from the points that you already get. So there is, there is a bonus. So it's not like zero is the best you can do. You can actually get some points if they don't allow a bunch of sacks. So I... I kind of like it. You could be net positive. Here's the question. Are we really going to be able to pay that close attention to be thinking about that while we're doing other stuff <laughs> to think about fantasy point values I know. while we're doing other stuff during the, the game? Answer, the answer is yes, because that's going to be the top of my priority list. All right. Because lunch is on the line. So that's true. I will be keeping very or, close track of the points. Or we could just take the offensive lineman off the board and, and not even, you know, give we it. could. Like. So here's my, here's that my much effort on into it. <laughs> right. I mean, most of the things, most of the things that we are, that we can get points for and all that, you can just get from the final stat line. Like we don't have to keep like a live tally, right? The only thing that you really can't get after the fact is, is the sack numbers. So yeah, that's true. Any, you have to be paying a, attention to who gave them up. Yeah, correct. Anytime there's a sack, we're going to have to pay attention to who gave it up. See, this is why I just think that our our best bet is probably just ask Brian when the game's over. <laughs> 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 who had the better game, Brian Fisher yeah. or Alt? <laughs> and then they get you five know? points. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean. That's it. <laughs> I am going to be keeping track as best I can, though, uh, on the whole thing. Like that's going to be my yeah. number one priority. So yeah. you actually have to write stories and be a professional. 
I have Try. to watch the game and like take it in so that we can talk about it. Absorb. Right. Yes. And I'm sure we're going to have a show, you know, all of those things. So like, that's my main goal. Like I'm not going to be charting or any of that stuff like I do for a normal game because it's the blue gold game. Like I'm not worried about that. Speaking of which fill in the blank, the non quarterback because, of mm. course, we'll be talking about the quarterbacks Monday. The non-quarterback we're going to be talking about the most on Monday will be blank. See, before about two hours ago, or three or four, or however many it was, it was going to be Lorenzo Styles. been it, yeah. It was going to be, how did he do? Can he legitimately play corner at this level? Like, that is who I thought we would be talking about, to be honest with you. The gold team thinks we're going to be talking about Jabron Payne. Because that's why I took him number one overall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the case. We're going to be talking about some non-starter type of person that balled out, you know, in, in the game. Caught our attention. We're, we're never going to see again. Um, <laughs> who was the kid who got MVP a few years back? Junior Jabby, I think, got uh, right. Is that him? He got yeah, MVP there's a name one from the year. Past. Yeah, uh-huh. right. Like, that's I, okay. I'm going to go with Rico Flores. That's going to be uh, my thought process. I'm going to go Rico Flores. We're hearing all kinds of great things. I think he shows out. I think he shows out in this one. You're going Rico Flores. The one, I, I mean, the first name I thought of, and not even because he was the number one draft pick is Jabron Payne, the first guy you mentioned. Sure. Just be, just because of the fact that there are only, you know, there's one scholarship running back on each team. And right. I just think that after the game, we're going to be talking about Jabron Payne and going, man, look at the game he just had. And how's he going to fit into this crowded backfield? <laughs> you know, like between sure. the two, you know, the, the, the Cause he's two guys that you got right coming now. back. Yeah. Because you've got Estime, you've got Diggs, Jadarian Price, if he's fully healthy, coming back. And then you've got Jeremiah Love, who we talked about on yesterday's show with all that speed. So, like, I think that that's what we're going to be talking about is Jabron Payne and and yeah. where he fits and how they're going to, you know, are they going to be able to find ways to get him the ball? Or is, or is he going to be the next junior jabby and have a, yeah. you know, a big blue gold game? And then what happens next? embarrassment of riches in the running back room like almost too almost too many to it's almost too many i mean they have too much talent i know that's crazy to say but they have too much talent in the running back room so i mean gosh i really hope there's not going to be any attrition in the running back room but it wouldn't surprise me it really wouldn't i i hope all those guys stick around brandon brings up a good point you know if they keep the teams the way they are Right now, great houses on the same team as Thomas and Salerno. Flores has Merriweather, Tyree, and Colsey, you know, on that blue team that is stacked on that blue team. So that's true. That is know. true. Fourth quarter many... will probably determine a lot. Yeah. You know, with the running clock and, uh, and that's when a couple. Yeah. That's when it's gonna be Minchi versus Angeli, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's gonna be the fourth quarter, people. Like everybody knows that's what's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Chi-Town is, is laying his chips on Xavier Watts. It's not a bad one. Either. Hey, nothing wrong with that at all. I just think I think the walk-ons are going to get a lot of action 
in the second half. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As many as possible. How about some Notre Dame men's basketball? A couple of different yeah. uh, press releases today. I don't even know if you saw the second one. one. It, yeah, there's a second one. So Notre Dame men's basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury's first staff is taking shape now. He added two different – they announced two different assistants today. They officially announced former Virginia assistant Kyle Getter as Shrewsbury's, Shrewsbury's associate head coach. And then a few hours later – they announced Mike Farrelly, who was with Shrewsbury at Penn State, okay. as uh, one of his assistants as well. He oversaw recruiting, um, one of their top recruiters anyway, at Penn okay. State. So what do you think about uh, the hires that Shrewsbury's making here? Well, that is the common thread, is recruiting. And... When I read through the release on the first guy, the associate, the new associate head coach, it was he's an elite recruiter. And then the next one that they hire was the recruiting coordinator at Penn State. And he had a pretty decent class coming in this past year. And it sounds like most of them are going to be coming to Notre Dame potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's smart to bring him on board, number one, because he can obviously recruit. And number two, because he's probably going to bring these guys with him. Because you figure the head coach and the recruiting coordinator. I mean, there's only so many assistant coaches on a staff. So they're more likely to follow two of the coaches to the same place, right? So that that's the – it's very Marcus Freeman-like. I mean, I hate to compare the two, but you remember that I asked the question in Marcus Freeman's opening press conference, you know, what are you looking for when you're looking for assistant coaches? And he's like, elite recruiters. That's one of the number <laughs> one things that I'm looking for. And it sounds like Mike Shrewsbury's in the same uh, in the same vein. I want dogged recruiters, and it looks like he's following suit. Yeah, I mean, like when you when you look at at the first guy Getter. I mean, he was part of Virginia's 2019 national championship team, and you know, really, I think when you look at Virginia, like I, I think this is a really good get for Shrewsbury to get a guy, sure. to get a guy like Getter, G E T T E R, you know. Uh, Virginia, to me, like you can make a case for them right there with Duke, maybe, you know, 1A or, you know, 1B or whatever with Duke as the, the next most consistent team after Duke in the ACC over the last five, six, seven years, you know, whatever you want to go. I mean, they they won a na- and they've got a national championship to show for it. You know, Duke doesn't even have that. Of course, they also sure. had a first round exit to UMBC the year before that, but still. They were a number one seed the year before that. But, I mean, they've won the ACC regular season three times in the time that he was there. They had a second-place finish as well. You know, again, a lot of success. And going back even deeper, Getter was on Shaka Smart's staff in 2011 when they made that run to the Final Four at at Virginia Commonwealth. You know, and then, you know, again, like you throw in a guy like Farrelly, who at Penn State, Last year, they just Penn State just had the best recruiting class in program history, and Fairly right. was a big part of it, you know. So, you know, Shrewsbury came in the door talking about the goal is to win national championships, and it seems to me like he went out and one was inside his staff already, but he went outside his staff and and went to a getter, and and they've got a couple pretty good ones, I think, coming in. So it's it's yeah. It's starting to take shape, and it's it's pretty exciting. You know, they they've just got to go out and keep mining that transfer portal right now after getting Julian Roper earlier this week. 
Well, and and again, you want to temper the expectations as far as you know what is going to happen this year, maybe even next year, right? Because it's going to be a very young team. There's going to be a lot of learning and a lot of you know it's going to take time. You know, this isn't going to be the Fab Five, okay? So it's going to take some time. But I love where things are headed. I, I really do. And if you're patient, I think the Notre Dame program is going to be in good hands, at least at this point. Like as of right now, if I was going to project, I would say it it looks good. It looks good. I concur. Speaking of Notre Dame basketball, fill in the blank. It's blank that former Irish men's basketball player Cormac Ryan is going to finish his college career as a North Carolina Tar Heel. Good for him. I mean, you want to talk about going from uh, the cellar to the penthouse. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm just, I mean, I realize North Carolina I mean, in terms of basketball of brands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the brands, pure basketball um, brands. Yeah. I think that's fantastic for him. I mean, good for him. Way to finish out your career, man. Like that's, that's impressive. Um, I, I mean, that's all I, I mean, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I, I really, I like Cormac Ryan when he was here. I don't blame him for leaving based on where Notre Dame's roster is going to be. I mean, even though North Carolina obviously did not have a great year, I still think their roster's in better shape than Notre Dame's. Yeah, I mean, watch him go to North Carolina and just, you know, like lead the ACC in three-point yeah. shooting or something next year, exactly. you know. But, it, you know, it's, it's in better shape than Notre Dame's, but at the same time, the best they were – they decided not to play in the NIT this year. That's true. When when they didn't make the NCAA tournament, you know, so they're this is the kind Irish of a big year. Get an invite, I think so. No, no, and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to. You know, I'm not trying to knock them. I'm just saying, North Carolina is not quite what it was even the year before when they played for sure. a national championship. They failed. They were the, I think, the first team. First team in, a, in at least a long time, if not ever, to start the season number one and end up not even making the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So, um, especially, you know, with, with the size of the field that it is right now. I, again, you know, I just expect Cormac Ryan to go there, wear Tar Heel blue, and and he'll, you yeah. know, start ringing up the three-pointers after, of course, in what we saw the last couple of years here. So, you're right. Good for him. He gets to move on and – he definitely he's he's one of those guys who I think needed a change of scenery after you know kind of the way things ended here the last couple sure. of years. So we'll get to see him, you know, when when yeah. Notre Dame plays him at some point next season. Absolutely. Jalen Smith, former Notre Dame football player, Notre Dame uh, former Notre Dame All American. He's going to open a ramen bar in South Bend that'll be called Jinya Ramen. Where are you, where do you stand on ramen, Vince, as a meal? I actually don't mind it, uh, to be honest with you. I, I'm a, a two-pack ramen guy, uh, big fan of the beef <laughs> flavor. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just back off, okay? We're not talking about crap ramen, like 25 cents you go to Walmart well, and get it. That's what I'm the, talking about. Because I'm talking that's about real I'm talking about real ramen. I don't think they're going to be probably cracking open packets of ramen in the back of the Jinya ramen bar. Probably, probably <laughs> never had it because I don't eat ice upscale stuff. There's a uh, place over mm -hmm. by, um, what do they call between the buns? They don't call it between the buns anymore. They're, you know, um, 
on the bend there, right down the street yep. from Martin's. Yep. There's like a little. You're talking about, yeah. I've eaten real ramen once last summer. My wife okay. and I went there, and it was actually pretty good. Okay. Karen says Evil Check has great ramen. I didn't realize that Evil Check had ramen. Interesting. Well, okay. There you go. I, I am. I have not sophisticated enough. I'm breaking off the twenty-five cent ramen. That's what I like. But I never eat it, obviously, as an adult. But All right. I loved it when I was in college. I thought that's what you were talking about. No, we're ta- we're talking about like now. Backup says Jinya is a chain. It's mid. So I just right. well, tap house on the edge. Thank you, Brandon. I couldn't think of it. It's been a while. I don't get over there. I used to live not you know as, again, yeah right down Vincent, the street, not far from there. But I, yeah. I just don't get over there as much anymore. Yeah, and there's yeah. So there's like a little. Uh, ramen place in that you know not on that same side but across from it like where i think there used to be like a comic book store or music store or something like that where the pizza place is and all that on that side there's a little ramen place you should try it out sometime all right like the real ramen i was i was actually fairly impressed with actual real ramen it's much more filling than you know crack your 30 cent package stuff in the microwave as well well let me let me just say that I will completely out myself on this one. I didn't know there was another kind of ramen. So, I mean, when you saw this question, <laughs> did you really think that, like, at a ramen bar, they have like stacks of those things and that's just what in they're the back. cracking and that's they're what they're the, serving you in an in actual the ramen Bro, restaurant? More ramen. Mark it up. I mean, the. You can make a ton We're not of talking money about poor ramen. college students. Come on. You can make a ton of money selling ramen. <laughs> Come on. The markup would be amazing. You could sell for five bucks a bowl and you're making living in a mansion here real quick. Yeah. Siggy says it is way better than pho, though. So is that how you pronounce that? It is. Okay. I watch Food Network, Vince. I'm you know that is true. I know educated. Bailey. Bailey is a <laughs> yes. huge food network diva. So I am not. Oksan Ramen. <laughs> Oksan Ramen. Yes. Yeah. I, I have shown my ignorance to the world. Uh, the only ramen I know is... The, <laughs> that's okay. The, the kind that's on the bottom shelf at the yeah. grocery store. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm very cultured. Very. Compared to me. Yeah. High end. <laughs> you know, I, I use a pinky and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. All right, Vince, in the movie Alien, have you seen the movie Alien? No. I know that it's a classic, and no, I haven't. It is. It, it came out before you were born, actually, I right. think. Sigourney Weaver classic. Right. Yep. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I heard, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about it this week. They go on a deep intergalactic space mission, and so deep into space they have to sleep for 10 months on the spaceship. They go into these little pods. They sleep for 10 months. So two questions for you. One, if you had to sleep for 10 straight months, what's the first thing you'd do when you woke up? Besides pee? Because that would be the first (laughs) thing I would have to do. I'm going to assume that they've got you like connected (laughs) to something that facilitates that. That you that's know, the like, first thing that came to my mind when I read that. That's question. like during the ten months sleep. How many times do I get to wake oh, up in the middle of the seriously. night? To... <laughs> I mean, the first thing I would want to do is just have an amazing meal. I mean, just 
an amazing meal. That would be the first thing I would want to do. And then I'd want to check up on like all my sports teams, like how'd they do, where are they at? You know, do, is there still a job for me at IB? Like all of those <laughs> different, like I would want to check up on my sports teams as I'm eating my amazing meal. Like that is, that's what I mean. I would just, I would want like a four course meal. That would be as I'm eating my pepperoni and sausage pizza, which would be the first thing. Like nice. I would, I would go straight to that. Nice. I would be like you. I would be like, okay, what just happened in the last 10 months yes. in sports? Who won the Super Bowl? Who won the World Series? Whatever. You know, how did Notre Dame, all these yes. different things. I would have to find out like what just happened, you know, as my beard grew down to my ankles or whatever. So yeah, that would, that would be the first two things would be the food. And because <laughs> again, I'm going to assume they've got you hooked Man. up to something to take care of your you know, yes. bodily needs. Well, I mean, but... asleep for 10 months. I mean, I know how Ooh. much I go in the morning. So, you know. Ice cold, ice cold beverage, ice cold beer. That's that's a good one as well. You can't go wrong Should there. While I'm eating that pizza. That's exactly right. So my next question, if you had to pick a 10-month window that you had to sleep in like this, what 10-month stretch would it be? So this is hard. From when means, to when. Yeah, that means you're asleep for 10 months. You only get two months, basically, exactly. you know, to, to be around. So I said you go to sleep in December and you get to wake up at the beginning of October. And there's a re- I mean, and it's really all based on sports because, in my opinion, October, November is like the best time for sports. Football, baseball playoffs. Like that's the best opportunity in my mind to be around for sports. So I'm going December through September and I'm around for October and November. This is uncanny Vince. Is that what that's you my exact same 10 month window. Yes. yes. You can be Nailed my pod it. mate. Woo! <laughs> that's right. It's like, <laughs> cause I thought about it. It's like, do I want to be awake? You know, do I want to be, you know, whatever during the Super Bowl? Like, where does this need sure. to be? And the exact reason you said, you know, like for one, October is the best sports month of oh, the year. Absolutely. Because you, you know, like everything is kicking into gear, college football and the NFL. And then of course, November ends the regular season for college football. So like you would get the most important college football, everything except for the bowl games and the playoff games and sure. stuff like that. You've got the world series in there and the playoffs going on for, for baseball. And some of your other sports are getting started in November, like college basketball, the NBA and hockey, you know, like all that stuff is starting as well. So it's gotta be October, and November that I want to be awake yeah. for. Like I, you know, again, like I'll find out who won the Super Bowl in the, in the college football national championship after the fact, but that would have to be my 10 month window, December through September. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was contemplating September, October, but then I was like, well, you know what? You throw in Thanksgiving in November and it gives me a chance to see my entire family before I, you know, hit the big sleep for 10 months. You know, it's an, it's an excuse to get together and you kind of get to miss all the nonsense that goes along with Christmas. I mean, <laughs> see- See, Chi-Town said he would go October 31st to December 31st so that he got Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Eve. But I I hadn't thought about missing Christmas, but at the same time, like, I'd still get Thanksgiving in November. And and I 
Yeah. I'm sorry. New Year's Eve. That's not a thing. I don't. I've never understood the excitement around New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve does nothing for me. I've never gone out. I never will go out. I New Year's Eve is for amateurs, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't. It's not. I've worked you're not, on you're, New Year's Eve. You're not much of a drinker anyway. So like no. you, you know. But I, I've worked on New Year's Eve many times. Uh, yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. I've just never understood it. I, boy, okay. You get better tips yeah. on New Year's Eve? Like, what are the tips like? It depends on how drunk people are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're open later. So, obviously, you have an opportunity to, to make some more money. It's busier. People want to go out, that kind of thing. So, it's good. Yeah. Um, it's been a while, obviously, since I worked New Year's. But I, I've just never – I always volunteered to work on New Year's because everybody else wanted to go out and do be stupid. And I was like, I'll make money. I'm in. You know? So, yeah. It's never been a thing for me. What do you think about New Year's? Is that you get excited just, about it? I mean, we're in bed by eleven o'clock, probably at Seriously. the latest most of the time anymore. We just stopped like even caring about New Year's. Yes, it's like <laughs> it's the next day. I don't. Really, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It, the only difference is you're writing a different number when you're well. And like this year, I had a noon game on New Year's Day that's that right. I had to call. Like that's women's right. basketball played on New Year's Day at noon. So Fortunately, it was home. a home game. But oh yeah, I was home. home, but it was but yeah, yeah. still. Yeah, I just never gotten it. I've never understood the excitement. I don't know. You, congratulations, yeah. you survived. Like I don't, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Got a got a, another late thought on Lorenzo Styles. He says the writing was on the wall when I heard a quote from Freeman when he said the road was going to be bumpy, not good. I think Lorenzo saw those freshmen and said, "I'm in trouble." Well, it's not that. just the freshman. I mean, he got passed up by Merriweather and Tyree kind of got because so remember, he played some slot, he played some field, and he kind of got passed up all the way around. So because he played slot uh the second half of the year when um number three got hurt. Um Avery Davis. Thank you. When Avery Davis went down, he he moved into the slot, so he was starting in the slot you know, the rest of the year. And then he got passed up by JT and then Merriweather passes him up in the field and then Tyree. And then you've got Rico. Like, again, he was just a victim of the depth chart. Yeah. Derek says he'd go under right now. Allergies are killing me. And you would miss the allergy season if you were asleep in the spring and summer as well. That is clutch. Because I have get a little bit of the fall allergies, I guess, in October when the leaves are still falling. A little bit. It's stuff, more like but... August, September for me than it is October, you know. Is it? Okay. Got a super chat. Thanks, Chief Woo! Brody. He says he predicts Hartman struggles and Buckner balls out, but come fall, Hartman is named the starter because that's just what Notre Dame fans need to get all riled up. <laughs> well, Chief, I'm all for fans getting riled up because that means they're going to be watching our show. So I am, you know, and again, we're going to, everyone's, we're going to get overreactions to, to something oh my gosh, that yes. happens tomorrow, especially with the quarterbacks. But I, I'm starting to wonder, you know, like, I, I don't even know if it's fair to call whatever Sam Hartman did in the practices that we saw struggling. I, I, I think that that is way too much to call it struggling, yeah. but yeah, like to hear the fact that, to hear the fact that the offense lit up the defense in that scrimmage last week that's what i'm waiting to see you know like this is a guy who's in his sixth spring six springs how much exactly, does spring right. really matter right. you know other than learning the playbook and getting acquainted with your receivers and some of that stuff 
how much does that really matter to a guy like Sam Hartman? And I, I just, I, I think that, that in a competitive environment, that that's what I really do want to see tomorrow is like what we see from both of these guys competitively in, in at yeah. least somewhat competitive situations in the first right. half. What do these guys look like? I, I actually agree with chief. I, I, I think the game and the rosters are set up for Buckner to have a better game. I, they are actually and, when you look and, at who's around him. Yeah, he's got Merriweather and Tyree. Yeah, that's why I took him in the draft. I took him before Hartman because I think it's set up for him to be more successful. Again, it's one game. I, at the end of the day, I think Hartman's going to be the starter uh, come August twenty sixth or whatever the date is. But I think in this particular game, Buckner's set up to uh, to do better. Yeah, this is this is what I'm waiting for, as D Rock Irish says. Seriously. Fan base would freak if Angeli and Minchie only played a quarterback. And I mean, I wouldn't just wait. Wouldn't put it past anybody. Just wait. They each get one series, the other guys, and then these two play the rest of the way. Like, just watch. Have you seen any update on the shirt? The only I went to the shirt um Twitter and uh-huh. they tweeted eight days ago that they're gonna be out there today. I haven't seen like a picture of the shirt. On Twitter, have you? Has I have not. I see that there's a uh, a live viewing. Uh, WNDU has a live viewing, but I haven't seen. Oh, you know what? We started at five today. We usually oh, start at, at six. six. They haven't even started. So <laughs> it's at that's six. That's why. Yep, you're right. I see that yep. now. Yep. Eh, that's yep. all right. I'm just so used to us starting at six o'clock that I fooled myself. <laughs> eh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. Derek says he thinks they play most of the game. By they, are you talking about the starters or the backups? I would say I hope he's talking about the backups because I think that's the way it's going to go. Do you think we see the starters play most of the first half, though? It's a good point about Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams only played one drive, but he's also he's not in a quarterback competition. Winner. He's yeah. not in a quarterback competition. I could very easily see them both playing the first half. Yeah, I could see that. And then the other two play the second half. I could I see would that. think so. Yeah. I would think so. That's that's how I'm leaning. That they play yep. most of the first half. By halftime, they're probably gone. And we see Angeli and Minji in the second half. Yep. That's what I think happens. I agree. All right, Sean. We'll find out tomorrow. Well, Vince, appreciate it. Enjoyed it as always. Sir. You've got uh I got track, track duties to go to. Is that I right? I have to uh, work it. Actually, I'm on the. I got the stopwatch. I'm I'm out there working today. So, yeah. I mean, as Derek said, competition was last Saturday. Probably so. Yes. Tomorrow's a little bit of a horse and pony show or absolutely. dog and pony show. But absolutely. Yeah. Everyone in red jerseys. Of yeah, I have no doubt, Me. Brody, that everyone you know quarterbacks are going to be in red jerseys tomorrow. Yes. No doubt about no that. Question. And it'll be. It'll be touch football for the quarterbacks. Yep. And so. if that, like that, that might even be too aggressive. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if you've watched in the NBA lately, like, I don't know, like if you, if you watch the James Harden ejection, or if you saw any replays mm-hmm. of that, that was just, there was like a little elbow in the midsection of this guy when he was like, and they threw him out of the game for that. Get I don't even know. I don't even know what basketball is. Yeah. Well, I can't watch it. Sorry. Yeah. All right, right, hit the like button on your way out. Blue Gold game coming up tomorrow. And, of course, we'll be talking about it right here Monday. Appreciate you for stopping in today. And we will talk to you then. Have a great weekend. Happy Nation Sports Talk.